You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm just going to just stir up your hearts. Uh, and, uh, you know, probably because of just being, being in Pittsburgh. And they treated us so well, so wonderful. Pastor Chris and Belinda are so precious. And uh, they're, uh, they have two daughters, and they're really, really active in ministry and uh, just, uh, uh, you know, really helping their, their parents in, in a lot of ways, in fact, in every way. But it's just a real cool thing to see and see the, just see the heart of God. And also, it's just nice to know something that you were connected with 40 years ago is actually still going. Amen. Amen. And still, still uh, and people are still serving God and still love God. You know, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of things that have, that have gone on, and uh, praise God, we were able to to spring a word of encouragement and, and strengthen them, and uh, just just be a blessing. Hallelujah! That's a good thing. And so, you know, I just want to share from my heart tonight some things. I think what we need to do, we need to realize uh, where we're where we're going, what we're doing, and where we're headed. Amen. You know, we have one destination for right now. Our destination is, is to bring back the king and, and to go to heaven. That's our destination, okay? Then once we're there, we have a great supper, and then we get our marching orders. Then we get to come back with Jesus and rule and reign with him, and we'll, we'll know even as he know, and so we don't have to worry about too many things then. But right now, what God is speaking to our heart is that we need to know where we're going, what we're going and we need to finish. Amen. Amen. Amen? Let's finish. And I always tell you, listen, let's just keep finished. Let's finish our course. Let's finish with it. But how many know it takes strength to finish? How many know that life's not a sprint? It's a marathon, okay? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's something that you've got to do. But how many you know when you see the finish line, no matter what race you're in, no matter what you're doing, when you see the finish line or you see uh, time running out, you actually get that second wind. I really believe it's time for the church to get its second wind. Yet I really feel like in, in the body of Christ that we stir our hearts up that let's rise up and let's have a voice. But let's get our second win. Let's begin uh, to have strength to finish. Amen? And that's my title tonight uh, is Strength to Finish. Okay? So uh, when Greg asks me what my title is, he'll know that it's Strength to Finish. Okay? Anyways, here in, in, Rome, in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to read out of the New Living uh, Translation, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, amen, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, or keeping our eyes on the word, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, discarding its shame. Hallelujah. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Amen. And, and it's such a blessing that he endured all those things for us. And we know how terrible the cross was. But thank God it said, keeping our eyes on Jesus, who's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The King James says, he, he, hallelujah, that he is, you know, the beginning and the end of our faith, hallelujah. And so as we do this, we realize, hallelujah, that he's the author and the finisher. Amen? He's the author and the finisher. Aren't you glad that God doesn't do things in our lives halfway? God's not through working with you. If things aren't done or things haven't been completed, guess what? Your life's not over. God's not done because God's going to finish you. Amen? 
God's not finished with you yet. God's going to finish you. He's got things he wants you to do. He's got things that he, he, he's commanded us to do. You know, it, it's something that's unique. You know, when uh, Moses uh, died, I mean, you know, that was a big deal in the uh, Jewish life. How I many you know that was a huge thing because Moses was the prophet of God, took them out of, they saw all the miracle signs and wonders. They get there, they still haven't gone into the promised land and Moses dies. He doesn't get to go into the promised land. And Joshua is in trouble because Joshua, Moses says, Joshua, you're going to take over. And he's like, I don't want to take over. Okay. Amen. I don't want to take over. You know, you take over. I don't want to take over. We don't want you to go anywhere. And, uh, you know, and it's funny because they're, they're wandering around aimlessly. And you remember what the spirit of God came and the angel comes to Joshua. What does he say to Joshua? First thing he says, Hey, Moses is dead. Time for you to get up. Let's do some things here. Okay, Moses is dead. So now you got to go, Moses is dead. You know, they sent everybody out there trying to find his body and they couldn't find his body because the angel Michael came and fought with the prince's power and took Moses' body. Anyways, so we know that. But then here's the thing about it. Joshua makes a covenant. God, God tells Joshua what to do. He, he initially, and the Bible says this, that, that everything Joshua did, Joshua didn't leave anything that was undone that God had commanded Moses. He didn't say, he made sure that everything was finished to what God spoke to Moses so that he could have a new beginning. You know, many times we don't finish some things and then we wonder why we don't have anything new. I always like it under this. When, you know, when things are going crazy in, in my life and there's all kinds of undone things, I, it's like, okay, I got to go clean the hall closet. Now it's like I got to go clean the garage, okay? Everything's in the garage, just piled in some corner. But we got to go clean the garage, see what we got. We got to go out, we got we to straighten out. It's like cleaning the hall closet. You need to get in there and, and get some things so that you can kind of get some things finished. Amen. Get some, so that you can actually start new. But also, God may say, no, 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 that's not finished. You need to pick that back up. Let's do this. There's some projects you haven't finished. There's some things I spoke into your heart. There's some things I said to you that we're going to finish. So those are God things. Those are things that need to be done. Amen? There are assignments that God has for you. Amen? There's assignments. Amen? I tell people all the time, no, 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 no. There's, there's assignments. Don't look back here, you know. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's flattering and it's joyful that people, you know, because like I said, I was just back at, at the church that I pastored for several years and, and was there, you know, 40 years ago and doing things. But, and it's flattering to know that we all, we, they always say, well, Pastor Mark said, Pastor Mark said. So but I said, it's really good that Pastor Mark says, but you need to get a hold of what Jesus says and grab the things that you do. And, and of course, what I said was the word and it was a good thing and it, it propelled them and it's keeping them. And I appreciate all that. I really do. It's an honor. But my biggest thing is that, I'm glad that you're not connected to me, but you're connected to Jesus because you're going on, you're doing the things. And it's glad that I can encourage you, I can strengthen you, you know, because I always have little one-liners. That's how it keeps me going in a lot of ways, you know. But we need to understand that God's will is that we finish. And not only that we finish, but we finish strong. Amen? We finish strong, that we finish well. How many want to finish well? I don't want to finish and go, I'm glad I made it. And God go, yeah, you made it. You didn't do anything, but praise God, we're glad you're here. Amen. I mean, let's go to 2 Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I want to give you some things that I think will help you finish, okay? I always like to do that because I think there's things that will, even if you get one thing, it'll help you finish. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And let's look at... um, 
Let's look at verse 6. Paul said this. He said, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I mean, amen. I, I want this to be what I want to say. I'm saying, praise God, I know when I'm going. Here we go. And then he said this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Amen. Paul said, I fought a good fight and I finished my course. I I have kept the faith. Amen. Now go with me, if you would, over to uh, Acts 20. Acts 20. Acts 20. Keep in mind, he talks about, I finished my course. Hallelujah. Acts 20, though. Verse 24, I believe. Hallelujah. Acts 20. In verse 24, he says this to the church at Ephesus. He said, but none of these things move me. Yes, but basically what he just got through saying was, I know that in my life, what's going to happen is every city I go to, I'm going to get beaten up and thrown in jail. Isn't that a wonderful thing? But he says this, so that doesn't bother. He said, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. Amen. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said that I might finish my course with joy. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But I want to share with you this is that Paul said, I fought a good fight. I have finished my race. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. Don't you want that to be your your testimony? And so that God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in. Amen. You know, all of us, you know, whether we get well done or anything, we just want to make sure he says come. Amen. We get to get in. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's, that's the thing about here. You know, Jesus declared this while he was on, on the earth. When he was here, he said, my will is to do the will of the father and to finish his work. That's why on the cross he could say it is finished. Amen. How many you know the book of Acts is not finished? It's still going because you're a part of that. We're a part of the church age. On the day of Pentecost, when the church was born, praise God, we've been a part of it. Amen? And we're going to continue to be a part of it. So I want to give you some things that I think will help you to understand how do we finish. Because how do you know there's a lot of obstacles in our way? There's an adversary against us. How do you know there's a devil that's arrayed against us? He doesn't want you to finish. He doesn't want you to get started. Amen. If he can stop you from getting started, that's his, his best thing. But once you get started, then, did you notice that Paul said here, this is what it says. He said, I don't count my life dear unto us so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry. Now, your course in life should be joyful. Ministry may not be. <laughs> we'll just let that sink in a little bit. That's why a lot of people are happy because they never got, got into any ministry. They didn't have to deal with people. It's great to have a course as long as you're on a desert island. That's your course because it's just you. But, uh, you know, the problem is, is that it's, we finish our course with joy. And joy has one of the, it's, it's probably one of the most powerful things to, finish, to keep hold of because it's a, it's, a, it's a fruit of the spirit. And it's one of the most powerful, powerful things that we have. Joy is not happiness. You'll never finish if you don't have some joy. You'll never get a second wind if you don't have the joy of seeing the finish line, <laughs> of knowing you got some far, you got pretty good here, amen. That you can suck it up to do things. Hallelujah. So I want to give you something. Here's the first thing I want to give you about being a finisher or finishing strong: is that listen, 
you're going to have obstacles. So if you're going to finish, you've got to know there's going to be something. If somebody's going to try to stop you from, from finishing your course, there's going to be. You've you got to know you're not deterred by the adversity or by opposition. If it's not hard, something's wrong. If you're doing something for God and you're doing, and you're doing, and you want to do the right things, the enemy's always going to try to come against you. Amen. I, I see. I, I I never understood. You know, here's what I mean. Now understand. You should have victories. You should have joy. There should be times of, of rejoicing. There should be times where it's like oh, I get to breathe. Now we didn't have a lot of that in Pittsburgh. And so, and I'm using that as an example because of doing things, but we had a lot of victories because I never was deterred from the adversity. I never was deterred from the opposition on how tough it was. Amen. Because we were running a rescue mission 15 feet or three feet from the gates of hell is what I used to always say. They're getting people saved. God, and there's just, there was just that much pressure that was there but god was faithful amen so you look at this don't be don't don't think it here's the thing about it is is that now don't get a, a, a sadistic kind of thing that everything's like it's always going to be you have the eeyore mentality poor me everything bad happens to me i pastor says going to have adversity i just know what everything's hard you know listen it, it, you just have to know that listen if anything's worth having it's worth fighting for it's worth standing up. It's worth believing. It's worth exercising your faith. You don't need to allow how to de- that, that the enemy to come in and say, oh, you can't do this because you don't know what you can do and you don't know what you're made of until the pressure's on. And here's the thing. You've really never exercised your faith in the sense of you, most people only exercise their faith for something. They've never exercised their faith against something. And that's why when something comes up against them, it wipes them out. Because people, they've got the Mark 11, 23 and 24 faith, or 22, talking about having the God kind of faith. But the problem is, they don't understand Mark 11, 23, which says, have the God kind of faith. They only think it's just for Mark 11, 23, without understanding Mark 11, 24, but also understanding when God says you need to have faith toward God. And when you have faith toward God, you, you're like Job. You say, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. But because you have faith to believe that no matter what's going on, God's going to still see you through. Amen? So what do I mean by for and against? Because most people are believing for something. They're believing this. But when something comes against you, when opposition comes, when your faith is tested, when people are coming against you, they call you all kinds of names or, they, or things get different or sickness tries to come against you or lack tries to come against you. So you got to use your faith against it first before you can use your faith for something. How many of you know you got to take authority over lack before you can get prosperity? Thank you all for your overwhelming response. See, the problem is, is that nobody wants to fight. Did you know that Timothy said this? Fight the good fight of faith. Well, if there's a fight to it, guess what? Somebody's punching you. There's a fight, okay? You gotta, you gotta, there's a battle raging. It's, you, you gotta decide, hey, I'm gonna do this. God's called me to be a finisher. God's called me to finish strong. God's made a way. God's given me everything. God's given me all the things I need. He's blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Greater is he that is in me. God said, I'm seated in heaven. God said, all things are mine. God's given me everything for me to enjoy. It's the Bible, I can give you all those scriptures. They're all awesome and they're true. But why are we not tasting and seeing that the Lord is good? Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. 
And there's some reasons for that. And I'm going to give them to you tonight. I'm going to help you. You know, in the next 21 minutes, we're going to do this. All right. Hallelujah. You better listen fast. I got seven things. I don't know if I'm going to get all through all seven, but we're going to try. Amen. Because I want to. And the first one is, you know, think it not strange. First Peter chapter four, verse 12. Think it not strange concerning the fire trial of those. Some strange thing has come against you or it's come upon you. It's amazing how many people, one little boo and they stop. One little, uh, well, we can't do that. What do you mean we can't do that? We can kick the door down if we have to. God said we're going that way. (laughs) Yeah, but they said this. Who cares what they say? God said we're going that way. Amen? You remember Jesus said, hey, let's go over to the other side. I'm going to go back in the boat and take a nap. He didn't say, let's go halfway out in the sink. He said, we're going to go to the other side. I'm going to take a nap. Well, they get out there rowing, the winds are boisterous, the, the waves are coming. You know, it's just all kinds of things. And they run back and say, hey, don't you care? We're perishing. What are you doing back here sleeping? What are you doing? And he gets up and he rebukes the throne. He said, peace, be still. Everything's calm. And they're all like, whoa, dude. And he turns around and says, where's your face? <laughs> oh, man. We would have, I mean, every one of those disciples needed therapy. I'm telling you, they needed counseling. Jesus was hard. He just, you know, I mean, they just, they couldn't, they, they just couldn't do it. I mean, it was just tough. But you see, when you see this, the reason, you know, we, we look at these things is that we have a tendency to think that once we get saved, once we get filled with the Holy Ghost, once we get to, into a faith church, we get in, everything's going to be fine. No, you get this big target on you and the devil says, watch. Now that you actually know something, you, you just, you're in the fight. You know, as long as you don't know anything, we don't care. Amen? It's like one lady came up to R.W. Shambach one time, and she said, she goes, I don't know if I can keep coming to your meetings. He goes, well, why? He says, she goes, because I've been a Christian for 40 years, and ain't nothing. I've been coming to your meetings for a week, and man, the devil's just smacking me all over the place. All those things. And Shambach said, yeah. He said, you ain't doing nothing for 40 years, and now you're finally learning something, have something. Now the devil's afraid of us, so he's going to hit you. <laughs> Amen. Go over, go over to uh, for 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I can quote it to you, but I, I think you guys ought to look at it. I'm having fun, as you know. Hallelujah. Because here's the thing. I, I, I love it. I get into this, you know, when you get into a, a point of things of how you handle stuff, it so amazes me. So amazes me what God did there in, in Pittsburgh when you have so many people coming and we had one parking space. One. And I took that one. It said pastor only. <laughs> because it was the one that the borough gave me and said, you get to have one spot on the street. Yeah, and still have to put red cones out because people would park there. <laughs> kind of like here. We have these three things out here, and you be here if you're here at 3.30 or if you're here at 8 o'clock, those, those signs out there mean nothing. <laughs> if you're not parked there before they show up, the parents, they're, they, they're awesome. <laughs> they don't care. They have no thought process at all. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> It is this. Okay, let's read it. Verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Amen. 
I'm going to read that to you out of the New Living Translation. It says, now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the biggest things about this, and the reason I like this here, it says, it is clear that our great power, and we do have great power, is from God and not ourselves. The Bible tells us we're supposed to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not ours. And the problem is, is that we have a tendency to sabotage ourselves. And you know, the biggest way we sabotage ourselves is we do not think that we're good enough to receive what God says. We don't think we deserve it. It's true. You, 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 you don't think you deserve to be healed. You don't think that you deserve to be, to be prosperous. You know? And some of you say, oh yeah. I say, well, you know what? You, the thing about this is that when you get rid of your self-denial uh, stuff, it's going to help you immensely. Now see, when you talk about that, people think, well, you're going to get into pride. You're going to get into... Listen, I'm telling you this. I've never seen too many people get into pride. It's always in this pride of trying to be... And they're, they're so insecure. And that's it. They've got... And it has nothing. It's a false humility. They're so stinking prideful. And they don't have nothing. Because they're so much in pride with their religion. Amen. Don't shout me down now. I, I can't help what God, God knew you were coming and he knew that and he knew you were going to watch. So, oh, hey, you knew you were going to watch. Hallelujah. So, you know, and, and, and I want to share this because we have to have strength to keep going. Listen, if God said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, you got to get ready. Amen. You got to get ready to receive and you got to get ready to, to, to unload. You got to be a distribu- distribution center, not just somebody that hoards it all in. Amen. God's desire is for us to do that. He, he wants us to do that. And, and, and you say, well, we'll start thinking, I, I deserve all that. No, you don't deserve anything. You deserve to go to hell. And without passing go, you don't deserve to get the 200 up. You don't deserve prosperity. You don't deserve healing. You don't deserve anything in you. But Jesus got it all for you. And if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you in the family. And our family has streets of gold. Our family owns all the earth. Our family owns all the cattle, all the gold, everything. Our family owns it all. And you're part of the inheritance. I mean, you're not, not only did you get a inheritance, you got the inheritance. You're joint heirs with Jesus, okay? You got everything Jesus got. How did it you got? All things are yours. But you've got to be partakers of it. You've got to take hold of it. And you've got to tell the devil, take it, his hands off of it. Because he's the one coming against and stopping things. Amen? Amen. You've got to start listening faster. I haven't had, this is still number one. Because <laughs> here's number two. There's going to be a battle and you have to have endurance. You have to have patience. You have to have endurance. You have to, you have to last longer than five seconds into the first round. Amen. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. We got to get ready. You know, we got to get into this. We got to do. I mean, that's why the Bible tells us, in your patience, possess ye your souls. That's Luke 21, 19. In your patience, possess ye your souls. Because how many know that's where we're messed up? This little gray matter between our, our head, which is called your brain, 
It's, it's cool. Your brain's good. It's that mind that's messing you up. It's that whole thought process that you're doing. It's that way you've, you've made your mind. Because see, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And when I say that, women too, what we do is we get to, yeah, but I didn't get this or I didn't get that or I didn't, this t-. listen, we never lose. We find ways that don't work. We keep playing till we do win. Till God brings it. God says, okay, if that door closes, God's got another door. If that one's not working, this is God's going to someone else. God's going to meet the need. God's going to bring, God told me I could, God's going to bring it to pass. We just keep knocking. We just keep going. We keep finding the ways that God says to do. So we've got to do that. Patience and endurance, nobody likes that. But when you believe in faith, when you take hold of the word of God and you're not afraid of a fight, then guess what happens? You're ready to stand. And having done all to stand, stand. And then you're going to see the salvation of God. You're going to see God's hand. You're going to watch God's hand. He's going to do it. And here's the thing about it. Most people don't understand patience and endurance because patience and endurance has a tremendous amount to do with the signs of the times and the seasons. And most Christians don't understand seasons or times. Many times, most people don't know how to sow uh, when they should be hanging on to something. And, uh, or they, you know, you got to know when something's for sowing and something's for uh, your bread for eating, the Bible says in Second Corinthians there. You also got to know that when God is speaking to you to, to, to plant and to stand and to watch how to, to what to do and how to do it, how to water. Most Christians don't know how to water because their mouth isn't very good. You water by your words. You water by what you say and what you do. You've got to water the seed. If you do, I mean, you can plant the seed. It could be the best seed in the world. But if you never water that seed, it ain't going to grow. And then what we do is we allow the enemy to come in and plant tares and to plant weeds in it. And then we don't really know what is, where's our seed, where's our plant. Because we let the cares of this life. That's what talks about the thorns. It's about the sower sows the word. That's what it's all about. And Jesus said, if you don't understand that parable, you won't understand anything else I'm saying in the Bible. Got quiet in here. (laughs) Y'all know your Bible. That's what he said, okay? So we have need of patience when we have this. We've got to understand the time. Because here's the key. I just shared a message on this. Remember, I just shared this about this just actually a week ago. I shared it Wednesday night here. A week ago, what I shared on, you know, that better today than yesterday. Better today than yesterday. Because today's the day of your visitation. And when you miss out on your visitation, what is a visitation? It's a visitation when God gives you the seed of the word of God to plant in your heart to grow so it can produce the life that you need for the problem that you have. Amen. Amen. And so that's the day of your visitation is when the word of God becomes life to you. That's the seed. That's then you, how do I water? Because I believe what the word of God says. I water the, 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 the seed by speaking with the seed, by speaking with the words that I want, that I believe it. I believe it. God said it. I believe it. God said it. It is done. Amen? Amen. And here's one of the biggest problems with folks too, though, is that this is the third thing you need to grab a hold of. You need to grab a hold of this. First thing is, listen, you're going to have an adversary. There's going to be opposition. The devil doesn't want you to get a revelation. He doesn't want to get a hold of the truth. He wasn't stopping. He just, was going to, you know, if God's speaking to you, you get all excited about, yes, I'm going to do this. The devil's going to come against you, all right? But then you have need of patience and endurance. You're going to fight till the end. You're just, know what? No matter what, I'm going, to, I'm going to win this thing. But the third thing is this, is that you've got to continue to keep developing and keep growing and keep going with God. You know, what you need to know is that you keep going. If it's not working, you just don't know enough yet. 
If the word of God is not life and you don't see and you're not tasting it, you just don't know enough. You just need to keep eating and you need to keep speaking and you need to keep saying, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get it because it's here. The answer's in the word. You got to keep going and you got to keep growing, which means you're going to keep learning. Don't stop and start defending what you know. Don't be a 14-year-old. Teenagers. You know, like the guy, you know, they knocked on the door and used to sell encyclopedias and say, hey, do you want to buy it? He said, I don't need any encyclopedias. I got a teenage daughter. I don't. She knows everything. We don't need to know anything else. Okay? And then you got 14-year-old boys. All of a sudden, it's like, I don't want to. I don't need that. I'm not going to need that. I'm not going to need to learn that. I don't need to know that. You say, well, here's, no, no, that's last week's math. I don't need to know last week's math. I, need to, I don't need to know anything. It's like, you're going to get knocked in the head because you're going to know something right now. You're gonna, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny because we, um, because we, we, we have this tendency that we get one thing and we go, okay, this is good. I think I'll just stay right here. Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. Everything's good. We're all good. We're all good. Everything's good. If I don't know this, then I'm not responsible for it. And if I don't know that, it's okay. I know this. God and I are doing good. And I, you know, I don't want to do anything extra. <laughs> no, you need to know you got to keep learning. You got to keep growing. You got to keep doing. You got to keep pressing in. Listen, we want to finish. Amen. It's, I mean, it's, we've got to have that heart, that fire, that, you know, and I mean, it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I went back and I hadn't been back there in eight years. And so went back and they were all like, you're still, you just still preach. You're still excited. You're, I said, I'm still me. I said, you know, I got up this morning, prayed fellowship with God. He said, everything's cool in heaven. I said, great, good. It ain't too good down here, but you know what's going on. So how do we, you know, give me this, give me the words that I need to share, speak this. And I had a great fellowship with him. Wonderful thing. He shared with me what to go out and share. And I went out and delivered what he had. And I delivered it because I knew I was in the will of God. I knew I was sharing what God wanted me to share. And, and he is the one that gets all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Thank God. Thank God for his goodness and his grace. See, that's the funny thing about it is that when you get a hold of the word of God, you're like, yeah, but you still, I still have to study. I still have to put the word of God in me. I still have to get the, because if it's not working, then I just don't know enough yet because it has to work. The word of God is the word of God and it'll not return unto God void. Amen. And so I get the more of the word. I just take hold of this. I get, grab a hold of it. Now, number four, this is the one I wanted to get to, and we only got six minutes left. So, hallelujah. So, number four is this. Hallelujah. Is that, and this ties them all together, because this is where joy comes. He finished his course with joy. You've got to enjoy what you're doing with God. If you don't enjoy God, if you don't, you, you just, you haven't fellowship with him. If you're not enjoying Jesus, if you're not enjoying the word of God, it's because if you're not enjoying the word of God and the word of God is not life to you, it's because you stopped doing what the word of God said to do somewhere along the line and you got to go back to it, repent, and then pick up right there and, and start doing it. But you got to, Paul said that I might finish my course with joy. He said that I can do this with joy, that I, I can take hold of this with, with joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, now go to Romans 15. You're, you're doing okay? I got five minutes. You all got to do good. Wrong. Hallelujah. You know, amen. I, I, you know, because I'm coming back, so I always got to get you out on time. 
you know. Like always, I've been chastised about that my whole ministerial life. I don't, it's just, it, and it is, I blame the Baptist because that's what it was. It was. I mean, because we, we, when I was growing up, we had pastors come in to try out for our church. And if they went past noon, none of them got elected. None. If they weren't done five minutes to noon, you know, so we could beat everybody else to the restaurant, they just didn't make it. I learned that growing up, boy, that was just something was serious. So for 18 years of my life, I realized if you can't do it in 27 minutes or 25 minutes, because you, you got it, you know, at 1130 or maybe 1135 and you had to be done by, by 1155 or you was toast. Amen. And I mean, that was it. And, you know, hallelujah. So I, 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 th- I blame them, but that's just, you know, hey. You know, I never got that out of me yet or something. But anyways, look at, look at Romans 15, verse 13. Hallelujah. I don't know. I, got, I was in the wrong chapter there. We're 15, verse 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Man, what a scripture. Let's read it again. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost, which means when you're driving around in your faith mobile, you better look at the two gauges. One gauge is joy and the other gauge is peace. And wherever they're at, that'll tell you how strong your faith is. Because faith is a substance that gives hope. You know, is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if it's what you're believing, what you're exercising, it's all joy and peace in believing. We've got to be believing. And if you're a believer, then you've got a different era about you because you're believing what God said. You believe that Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. You believe that God's going to meet and supply all of your needs. You believe that Jesus, all the promises that he's given unto us, they belong to you. Amen. So we just keep digging into the word of God. We keep digging in, but we got to finish. We got to enjoy the race. If you're not enjoying life, yeah, listen, life will hit you with all kinds of things. You got up and downs, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's crazy. It really is. I mean, and if you're, you're looking at this, I mean, I came home yesterday and uh, of course Monday night, but then I came home doing things and you know, we have a little puppy. And uh, apparently, uh, they, he was left by himself for five days, okay? And uh, he wasn't, but he apparently didn't get the attention that uh, Pastor Pamela gives him, okay? Um, well, they found out they were dogs from me. And uh, found out that they were just that close to not being alive uh, from what they did. And, of course, Pam saved him. So you can't say that. Listen. Let me just share it with you. I'm a country boy at heart. I'm a country boy. And I know you're not supposed to do it. And people love their dogs more than they love people. But the key is, is that, um, you know, this, this was, it was serious. I, I hadn't been that mad in, I don't think, years. <laughs> years. Years. Pam's never seen me that mad. So that's been five years at least. She's like, Oh my. I said, yeah, nobody needs to be around me right now. You better protect your dogs, keep them outside around the corner, do something. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and she did. So they're still alive. And, uh, you know, but, uh, and then I had to repent. I had to repent. So see, all of you watching, I had to repent. I didn't kill the dogs, okay? But 
it was close, close. <laughs> but, uh, but I had to repent just because I was frustrated with me for allowing a dumb dog to make me that mad. <laughs> what they did was deserving of death, but I did not, I did not, I shouldn't have got that mad. So I'm not over it yet. I'm not over it yet. I'm not over it. They, I haven't petted them since, so we're working on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, you look at things. But what I'm saying is that they just stole my joy. <laughs> not going to tell you. <laughs> too many, to be honest, it was too many things to mention. Too many. Like I said, they left to themselves. So it's like, wow. So, anyways, but it, it, it was a challenge to get. And so I had, to, I had to go get my joy back. And I had to get some things. And you know, how many of you know you got to stir your heart up? And you have to do that, you know? And here's another thing, too. Let me give you the, you know, that's the fourth thing. You have to have joy. The fifth thing, real quickly, is listen. When things may not seem that anything's working, may not seem that everything's going the right direction, then you just do what you know to do. You pray, you read your Bible, you fellowship with God. You just do what you know to do. You continue to do what you know to do. You just continue to walk by faith and not by sight. You continue to pray. You continue to fellowship with God. Continue to feed your faith. You just continue to do what you need to do. You're not afraid. And you keep doing things. You don't ever... Funny thing about people say, well, I don't have the joy. I don't have... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit children's church. I'm going to quit being helping here. And I'm going to quit doing... The first thing everybody does is quit church. They do. Everybody does. Don't look at yourself so holy. Everybody does it. I've been pastor for 43 years. Everybody does it. That's just what they do. People just do that. Well, I'm, I, I'm so busy, I've got to quit this. <laughs> they quit their only lifeline. But that's, it's, it's the way it goes. But you just got to you pray for them. And then when they realize, once they get deeper and deeper, then they go, oh, my gosh, maybe we should do something different. Maybe we should come back out of this and try to, try to get some help. Amen? You know. See, because we don't need to allow the enemy to steal our joy. We don't. Uh, and that's the thing about people. Say, well, I just, Pastor, I just can't seem to get this or I just can't seem to have this. Nothing seems to be working. I say, well, you just keep doing it. Keep doing what you know to do because it's the right thing to do. Amen. Amen. Put yourself in remembrance of what the word says. Put yourself in this thing. Always remind yourself what the word of God and you just keep doing it. Hallelujah. Things happen. And here's something else. Don't try to coast on, on your past record. Amen? Don't try to coast thinking I've done enough. Because I'm going to tell you, if I'm from perfect total, you know, that was what I did. You know, when, my, when Esther died seven years ago, I said, God, I've been serving you 37, actually I've been serving you all of my life, but I've been serving you full time for 37 years, day and night, 24-7. We've never done, I mean, we've, we've done everything for you 24-7. I think I've got a good, I've got enough. For a nominal Christian that's just come to church once or twice a month, I'm doing good. I've been in church every single Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I mean, I've been here every night doing everything, teaching this, doing Bible schools, teaching around. I mean, I, mean, I just went through telling God all of my credentials. <laughs> Didn't impress him at all. <laughs> you know, I said, I think I've got a good enough thing. I've done enough. I'm done. I'm going to coast on what I, I'm going to, I'm going to bank on what I've already done and put in the bank of heaven. And I'll tell you what he said. I wrote this down many, many years ago. He, I hate when he reminds me of things I'd said. But he does the same thing. He, he, people remind me. He said, listen. 
He said, your confidence can never rest in your accomplishments or of what you've done in the past (laughs) or your achievements. (laughs) I said, thank you, Lord. This is not going good. (laughs) He said, but here it is. Your confidence better rest only in my continual presence. I said, thank you, Lord. So my confidence can never rest in the accomplishments or the achievements of the past, but it can only rest in my continual place in the presence of God. And that's all you can do too. And when you do that, then it changes everything. Because then when you get in his presence, hallelujah, he tells you what to do. He shows you. And it's the most best thing in the world. It's the greatest thing in the world is to be in the will of God. Amen. It really is. And then once you do that, stay committed to it. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's what we, listen, we're going to finish and we're going to finish strong. Strength to finish. That's what we're doing. Why? Because guess what, folks? It's going to get awesome for the church. It's going to get so exciting. The world's going to get crazier and crazier. We're going to have wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be all kinds of crazy going on. But God is on our side. And so you're going to get to see things. Super, super now. You're going to watch God do miracle after miracle after miracle. Because he's God. And until he takes us out of here, hallelujah, we're the church. And the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you. We praise you. Thank you for these amazing folks that are here. Thank you for those amazing folks that are watching. Lord, I just thank you. I just shared from my heart. I just shared truths from the word of God. I believe that it'll help us and help us keep growing and going and just have the joy and the excitement. Hallelujah. And the fulfillment of your word in our lives. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Father God. And, Lord, I just ask if there's anybody here or anybody watching that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because what I'm sharing is all for the family of God. It's getting born again, making Jesus Christ your your Lord and your Savior. You get to become part of the family of God. And when you become part of the family of God, God has so many blessings. He has so many things for you. He, he, He loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants you to grow up in him. Hallelujah. So if you're here, if you're watching and you don't know Jesus and you want to, just raise your hand real high. What do I mean by that? Making Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. It's not, it's not enough to know about him. It's not to know enough to know of him. You need to know him. You need to know that you've confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord and you've asked God to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all of those things. And if you're watching this, that's what it's all about. Because once you get into the family, God has great things in store. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.